Damien, producer of the Oklahoma Atheist Godcast and the weekly inebriated scriptural exegesis and source study. I'm sorry we've fallen so behind in our production schedule. Things have been going on in real life. It happens, but we're going to start catching up here uh, with the book of Proverbs. This file is part one of three, uh, which will be dropping in rapid succession, and then we'll move on to the, the books of Isaiah and Lamentations and Ezekiel. Enjoy! Okay, so I'll start. I wanted to have something proverbial tonight, and I'm drinking Two Fingers tequila. As in, I'm drinking up the proverbial two fingers. <laughs> what? And if you haven't heard of the proverbial two fingers, well, then you're not watching enough Australian television. No, not two fingers. I just learned what the um, the two fingers means in England. Same thing. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's the proverbial two fingers, you know, as in, you know. It's not about wisdom. It's Proverbial is taking on a slightly different meaning there. Anyway, so I'm drinking two fingers tequila, and it's in a margarita that I made because it's freaking hot out here. <laughs> Frozen drinks are at a premium. And if it was up to me, it would be the wisdom of Franklin, as in Benjamin. Yeah, it's like Benjamin Franklin and Mark Twain just threw stuff at a wall. <laughs> what? What does that even mean? Through sayings of the wall, whatever stuck, they uh, put in a book. Oh. Oh, and this? Maybe that is how they did it. I don't know. It's giving <laughs> it a lot of credit. I wouldn't be that right. nice. That's kind of an insult to... Okay, maybe they were drunk. <laughs> okay, so that's me. Abby, what are you drinking? <laughs> um, I'm drinking a Smutty Nose Summer Wise and Ale. It has chamomile in it, like that other beer that you made fun of. I'm not going to say anything bad about your beer. I actually almost bought one of those today. There's been more than enough sexist comments to go around. Uh, it's pretty good. And if it were up to you, who would the, the who would the um, oh. wisdom be coming from? Um, As opposed to the wisdom of Solomon. The wisdom of Douglas Adams. Mmm. Good, good answer. Guess. Poor Chaz. Oh, Chaz yeah. can't use that one. I know. <laughs> But I'll admit, it's the first book I saw when I looked to my left. Mm. <laughs> I was like, think quick. <laughs> There's that same, the fallacy of what's cognitively available. What's right there in your short-term working memory. There's going to be that or Douglas Hofstadter, but... Mm. I'll go. Oh, uh, yeah, you're next on my screen, incidentally. Oh, well, see, that's good. I'm glad yeah. you told me. It, it goes Abby, Chaz, Jason, Paul, which means, I guess, it's in alphabetical order by first name. Weird. I'm, I'm drinking a... Boonville beer from the Anderson Valley Brewing Company. It's called a Hop Otten IPA. And and what's really cool about it is it's it's got a bear, a grizzly bear drinking water and it's got elk antlers on its head. <laughs> it made me think of the brachialope for a uh, science sort of, you know. <laughs> nice. That's not Boonville that I'm thinking of. Boon Boonville, uh, Missouri. Nope. Okay. It's in California. California. Okay. Never mind then. I bought it surely for the uh, beer, the uh, bear with the antlers on its head. Mm. <laughs> oh, they've actually yeah. talked about that on Science, sort of. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Ryan had that beer one week. Huh. Oh, you got to send us a link to the episode that you're in, Jason. Yeah. He hasn't edited it yet. Oh, well, then never mind then. <laughs> I know exactly how that is. I'm never going to critique anyone for not editing fast enough. <laughs> Yes, it's like over a month ago. 
And uh, my wisdom is going to be from Isaac Asimov. I was mm. between Douglas Adams and Isaac Asimov, but I was thinking Asimov. So Nice choice. He has some particularly aphoristic stuff in some of his dialogue. And, and oh, yeah. Where it's just like, man, I just want to tweet that. God, <laughs> I, I wish this book wasn't made of paper. I could tweet that right now. <laughs> He's got lots of poems, too, you know, little limericks. They're funny. Mm-hmm. They're really? Neat. Yeah, some of them are very sexual, too. If you had to recommend one book, what would it be? From Asimov? Yeah, I've been meaning to get to him. I don't know. Foundation was just great. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to second that. Foundation's the greatest sci-fi trilogy of all time. I read that thing so fast, I just consumed it. So great. Well, I am drinking Sierra Nevada Summerfest, a crisp summer lager. That's pretty good. I went to the liquor store today and bought a six-pack of six different summer seasonal beers. This is one of them. Can you can you understand why IPA is such a big summer beer? I don't get it. People love really bitter beer in the summer for some reason. Why is that? I don't know. Oh no, the summer fest is pretty. It's pretty light and mild. That's good. I think it should be when the heat's oppressive. You know, I shouldn't have to fight my beer. Actually, I kind of like light beer, like lighter, like not just light beer, like old style light, but like just lighter beers in every sense in the summer. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Oh, that's, that's what you're getting I, at, yeah. Yeah. I, I like Hefeweizen. So say, I find the bitterness of the IPA to be sort of refreshing whenever yeah. it's really hot. Well, I think that's, like, the general theory. I just don't understand it. But I'm glad yeah. to hear that somebody, you know, does what you just so said. It, it, it depends on that. Say, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I was going to say, when I'm, you know, when it's warm outside and I just finished mowing, that's what sounds good is. An IPA. <laughs> For real? When I'm just I don't really mowing, know why. I just, but yeah, yeah, I don't want anything. I can only drink really water when I'm really, really thirsty. I can only drink water or possibly, you know, Gatorade, which is essentially water and ass sweat. <laughs> well, a lot of the IPAs use the citrus hops now, so they have kind of a lemon taste to them. Yeah. Hmm. hmm. Sage has uh, Blue Moon on tap. Yay. Nice. And Horny Toad. Yes, Yum. that too. Wait, it's weird to have Blue Moon on tap there. Like, every bar here has Blue Moon Shut on tap. Shut up. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> it's just made by Coors. Okay, um, uh, and, and, and the wisdom of whom, Jason? Or, or we're picking, we'd like, a separate wisdom. Like, if we wanted another wisdom book written, I, I didn't get the... Yeah, the no. idea is that now that we've seen that mm-hmm. Solomon really isn't all that, now that we've seen firsthand that he's just not that wise a dude... Whom would you replace the phrase Wisdom of Solomon with? Einstein. Mm. Yes, he's written some little collections, too. Some little collections of, like, Einstein's sayings are put together that have nothing to do with uh, physics. Have you seen that? I have one on my shelf somewhere. I have Mm. one as well. And that was actually what I was going to say. Damn it! Damn you, Jason. (laughs) Damn you for your beer and wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) I had a couple to choose from, but that was... That was the one that caught my eye on my bookshelf. <laughs> you guys are uh, at an advantage because I don't have a bookshelf here. Cause I'm in, well, that's not entirely true. I'm in Wyatt's room, so I have little children's books to look at. <laughs> Dr. Seuss. Yeah, The Wisdom of Seuss. Ooh, that's a good one, actually. Yeah, good point. I should have picked some anthropology anthropologists. That's what my books are. How about Sagan? Ooh, yeah. Paul? Tonight I'm drinking a Pinot... Uh, Noir from Australia, from the Rosemount Winery. And if it was, um, I would say either 
John Maynard Keynes or I guess Carl Sagan. That that would be my or Einstein. Th- those were the three that I was going to choose from. Just the but. fact that you brought in Keynes is kind of that's impressive. That's, <laughs> a, bold, that's a bold move. Remind me to talk this over with you sometime in person. Okay. How did, how did no one pick Twain? Because you picked it. Yeah, you already kind of preempted Twain a bit, dude. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we couldn't copy you. <laughs> you, you but you could uh. People you want could to sound original that out. and shit, you know. You could just edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> they don't sound original. <laughs> well, we brought some good suggestions to the fore, so um, if you've listened this far in, you now have a number of authors you should go pursue, many of which are available for free at your local web store. <laughs> I'm serious. You want you want Twain, you want um, Franklin, you want basically anything written before the 1920s, you can get it for free, and that's great. Mm-hmm. Proverbs. We only have 11 chapters of Proverbs to get through tonight, so... Let's do it. I have to admit, I didn't hit the Google Doc again, but I did tweet the stuff I found really interesting. Well, that doesn't help us now. Well, I, can go, I can look back <laughs> at the tweets. Let's just go from the beginning. Mm. Uh, well, I have the little organizational information. Let's start with chapters 1 through 7, which are advice to the reader. Well, according I, I actually, I, I cross-referenced it with Wikipedia. It has the... The exact same division, it's just with different names. Hmm. So they might go by different names, but the division seems to be agreed upon. How do I know that you didn't write the Wikipedia article? <laughs> they don't. I just get mad at them. Does anyone have any anything in chapter one that struck them as particularly wise or unwise or off topic or what have you? No, it's great. Uh, the seventh verse is completely antithetical to who we are. It says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Yeah, I, I'm with you in the second part of that sentence, but the first part makes no sense to me. You don't see knowledge as being deeply rooted in fear of a Canaanite tribal deity? I don't. For some reason. Okay. That's, I guess that's your right. I never understood that fear of the Lord. Like, why should you fear the Lord? Have you not been reading along in the Bible with us? Look at the crazy shit this guy does. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that a Have good you seen thing? what happens when you don't? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was always told it was a, a sign of respect. Mm. Yeah. It was like literally you. shaking in your boots, like scared shitless of him. No, it's like... Even though after reading the Old Testament, that's pretty much what you should be. <laughs> it's like you have a 1950s dad who basically only yeah, beats you because he feels like that. he has to. You know, He doesn't beat you just for the sheer hell of it. He just beats you if you've broken a rule. You gotta fear him, but don't fear him too much as long as you follow the rules. It's gonna hurt me more than hurts you. Yeah. It's basically like having Don Draper as your dad. No, that's not. That's actually not a good comparison. He wasn't particularly. That's an alcoholic addict. He, he wasn't particularly abusive compared to some of the other characters. Uh, sorry. They loved him compared to his wife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually, yeah. If, if I was in that custody hearing, I'd be like, go with the dad, go with the dad. They were like Red Foreman. <laughs> mm. Okay, so, I mean, I, never mind. I do get the sense that the Lord is is kind of an angry dad, you know, like, you know, more than happy to beat his children if they step out of line, kind of. Like like the Sound of Music dad, but with a bigger stick. Mm-hmm. It's like the Sound of Music dad with a sword. Yeah, well, yeah, there's that, too. He does occasionally kill off lots of people. Some of well, them are his own. Maybe more like a machine gun. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, 
Um, hmm. Yeah, that that verse, uh, chapter one, verse seven, Chaz, that you you brought up is actually the one that all of the seminary podcasts that I listen to like they focus on that like really hard. Of course they do. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, you gotta remember, <laughs> this is like the key verse here. It's most important is to you know fear the Lord. And remember that thing. whenever you're reading this, every single time, think about that. Yeah. <laughs> so when you get to that really practical wisdom that actually has something to say, remember tie it back to fear the Lord. <laughs> Does anyone get the sense that an awful lot of this first part of Proverbs is devoted to the problem of harlotry? Yeah. <laughs> like, Whereas the, there's a whole personified wisdom character, which is female. Right, then right after that, there's the the foolish woman, like, in, in parallel with that. Is that chapter 7? Oh, yeah, that's the, um... I think chapters 8 and 9, I think that's... Yeah, chapter 7 is all, beware of the adulterous woman, she's going to seduce you and stuff, and she's terrible. And You know what, let's... So is chapter 5. I'm just going to go back to in order. Okay, anyone have anything on chapter 2? Chapter 2, going once, going once. <laughs> wisdom is great, wisdom is really good, get some wisdom. Get lots of wisdom. It's going to save you from stuff, including adulterous women. And their seductive words. She's a, a real lurking danger in this book. <laughs> okay, chapter three. Wisdom is great. Get more of it. <laughs> yep. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Be wise, but don't know if you're wise. It's important not to know. Right. <laughs> I, I would actually, yeah. In Proverbs three seven, that's that's exactly it. Says, "Be be not wise in thine own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from evil." And I thought that was kind of interesting. That here here's a book of all of this wisdom. Oh. How do you know when you get wise if you're not allowed to be wise in your own eyes? How do you know yeah. that you pulled it off? Obviously. Well, I guess somebody else could think you were wise. I think it's in the way of bragging. See, I'm so wise, I don't even allow myself to get such a big head. <laughs> I am I'm not wise, wise I am. Not only am I wise, I'm super humble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More fear of the Lord. Uh... Well, right below that, um, verse 9, it's actually the only um, cultic or religious commandment in all of Proverbs. We're actually free from silly laws for once. Oh, the first fruits thing? Yeah. What is it? Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine... And with the first fruits of all thine increase. Um, I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, first, about first fruits are the, fir are the first parts that you, you bring in from the harvest, harvest, right? Yeah. They're, yeah, they're part of the actual Ten Commandments, actually. Which I found. You found the actual Ten Commandments? Like, yeah, on a stone tablet I, somewhere? I yeah, I carved them on Oh, the yes! Yes, you did! It, yeah. That totally ruled! That, <laughs> that's, that's part so of a ruled. bigger project I'm working on, but... Is it debunking <laughs> things that people think they know about the Bible? Or is it something else? No, well, it's just, just about the Ten Commandments. Oh, but. Yeah, I think it's weird that if you actually go in and search through the Bible text for the phrase Ten Commandments, all you get is that one that you showed up on the tablets, that actual, yeah. those ten. Yeah, the earlier one's not the actual Ten Commandments. And if you don't believe me, dear listener, go to BibleGateway.com and try it for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and don't look at the headings, because the headings don't count, they're not in the Hebrew. Get a, get a Bible without headings and search for the phrase Ten Commandments. 
Sorry, we've gone off topic. We've actually gone off topic onto part of the other Bible, which is kind of weird. <laughs> I guess it'll happen more often as we get further into it. All stored up. I'm kind of freaking um, parts, though. I don't know. It's <laughs> a lot of information. It's probably yeah. good in a way. Uh, it makes your nightmares less... Uh, <laughs> vivid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like that in Proverbs 3.34, uh, at the end of that, about... But he giveth gra- grace unto the lowly. I thought that was a good... Hmm. Yeah, I think but... that's all we got on three. But yeah, it was but We like, are the proud mockers. I mean, that's our mission <laughs> statement here. <laughs> Well, no, it was mainly just because you hear the Bible toted a lot by the right, and that seems like, like, we're supposed to be giving, or if you're going to buy into the creed of the Bible, you're supposed to be giving grace unto the lowly, not um, scorning them. No, no, it says that he, the Lord, shows favor to the humble and oppressed. Oh, yeah, you can do what you want. It doesn't say that the, you know, the corporations or the government have to do anything to help them. The Lord will show them favor. Does it? In my version, the he is not capitalized. Well... The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. He mocks proud mockers, but shows favor to the humble and oppressed. It's all about what the Lord does. So it doesn't say that, like, John Boehner has to do any of this, just the Lord. <laughs> is that different than what Jesus says, like, the meek shall inherit the earth? Uh, yeah, Jesus does say that. Um, no, no, I think it's I think it's the same theme. I think that the, the theme expressed here in Proverbs 3 is very similar to what Jesus says later on. Oh, so Jesus is in the Old Testament. Oh, clearly. It's all about Jesus. <laughs> didn't, didn't you know that? It's, it's all leading well, up to yeah. Jesus. Yeah, this whole Some thing is about Jesus. Try to catch us up. It's always been all about Jesus. What does this mean, though, on 35? The wise shall inherit glory, but shame shall be the promotion of fools. Um, so you shouldn't be shameful. It should be glorious. Does it say promotion in the King James? Uh, it's obscure Hebrew. Oh. They don't know what it actually says. Mine says, um, but the coat on the fool's back is contempt. Mm. Wow, I've looked at three translations now, and this this is definitely obscure Hebrew, because they all all render it very differently in this last part of chapter three. Because I was thinking, like, they're all about shame. Shame is good. You know, be shameful. That's who you are. Shame should be the promotion of fools. Makes me think that it's saying, be glorious, you know, revel in how good you are. And shame is only expressed by the fools, right? No, the fools will—they'll be shamed later on. Like people will will talk about them and say, "What a fool he was." Promotion of fools. That's that's how they're. I was I was gonna say like a promoter, like of a of a CD or a band rather. He's out there trying to bring the band's reputation to the public. So the promotion of fools is that—that's their reputation. They have a shameful reputation. Okay. Okay. Sorry, this little CD music. A little, a little uh, analogy from the music business it makes it all perfectly clear. It's the wisdom of John Safran. But the fools are. But you're still saying the fools are promoting shame, right? No, no. That's their reputation. That's that's how they're seen by the public. The wise are seen by the public as glorious, but oh. but sh- the fools are, are seen as shameful. Oh, okay. But okay, whatever. I still think they like shame. I think this is one of those things that like makes makes way more sense if you just pick a different version and look at it instead. <laughs> right. Like in the English Standard, for example, uh, the wise will inherit honor, but fools get disgrace. That's pretty straightforward. There you go. Not that I would ever promote a translation other than the one true Bible, (laughs) the King James. 
Anyone have any? It was funny. Sorry. The word that's the word that's not translatable there in this um is actually Miriam, the name of Moses' wife. Hmm. But apparently it has another meaning that they don't know. So the, like the etymology of her name is lost. Hmm. I'm trying to think if she had some particular shame associated with her. Hmm. Weird. Wait, Miriam? Hmm. Which is Moses' sister? Yeah, and Jesus' yeah. mom, too. So is his, mo- his mom and his sister have the same name? Jesus' mom has the same name as Moses' sister. Oh, yeah, duh. Yeah, duh, dude. Come on, Christian College? <laughs> Keep up, Varsity <laughs> Christ Boy. Uh, okay, chapter four. More, more talk about how this is wisdom. Get ready for some wisdom. Here it comes. Here it comes. Woo-hoo. There's going to be wisdom. Wisdom is the, the, the thing. It's the principal thing. Sucker punch. Forget it wisdom. not. Yeah, don't forget the wisdom. It's good stuff. And then, do they actually give us any? Uh, I don't see any wisdom in this. I like the thing about a froward mouth. I'm going to use that on my son. <laughs> Put away from thee a froward mouth. <laughs> I'm definitely... Verse 24. That's definitely going to come up in conversation. My favorite's verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Exactly. (laughs) Wisdom rocks. And we're going to get to some eventually, I promise. (laughs) Oh, oh, did I mention that 12 July is the day that the King James Bible turns 400? That was yesterday. It's kind of a... Oh, shit. It's kind of a big deal. We should, like, throw it a party or something. (laughs) published it. Pour one out for my homie King James. Pour one out for my homie King James. He was killed in a drive-by by the French. (laughs) Drive-by swording. Drive-by javelin. You know, I I don't think I have anything until chapter 7, so you guys hit me up if you've got anything. I got in chapter 5. Oh, hit us up. 5 is cool. Let's do this. Yep. You gotta let thy fountains be dispersed abroad. Oh, shit, yes! Bodily secretions as fountains. The most transparent metaphor so far in the Bible. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you know know how when you have sex, like, you got these bodily fluids going on from both people? Let's call that a fountain. And that'll be our very, (laughs) very thin metaphor for sex. (laughs) Very clever, Solomon. Very clever. (laughs) Yep, let, let thy... What is it? 518, let thy fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Now we got to back up to, and, to verse 15, which I think is about cunnilingus. Is it? Have a look at it. See, for 15, 15 or I'm sorry. <laughs> I was in 16. Yeah. Um, Ooh, wow, okay. Go up to that's, 15, that's, right? Um, yeah. You're talking about bodily fluids. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about bodily fluids from the man in, in verse 18, but I think if you go up to 15, you're talking about bodily fluids from the woman. And, and, and I'm almost sure it's saying, son... This is wisdom. It's very veiled wisdom. Well, slightly veiled wisdom. Uh, go down. Go down on your wife. The wife of thy youth. Drink water. Your wife. Yes. Not a strange woman. Yes, it's important that you go down on your own wife. That's that's a double shot of wisdom there. Like, it's your own wife and try to, you know, uh, try to please Don't her. share. Don't let the water run into the room. You can't be having the waters running <laughs> in the streets. Let not thy fountains be dispersed abroad. That would be wasteful. You've got to keep all those bodily fluids in your marital bed. This is actually, I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a 
monogamous uh, sort of a hobby of mine is monogamy. Um, um, and so I think that this is all pretty good advice, at least for you know people that want to be married in a certain way, kind of an old-fashioned way. I like uh, verse 3 and 4. It says, uh, for the lips of a strange woman drop as in honeycomb. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> honeycomb. That's good yeah. stuff. That's tasty. And this then, whole chapter is pretty saucy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I can't believe I almost but, skipped it. But verse 4 is great. It says, but her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. <laughs> I do not think her end means what you think it means. <laughs> I know, but I didn't think so either. <laughs> her end? <laughs> Her rear end? Surely not. <laughs> they would say her her feet. Yeah, they would. They would say something weird like that. Something even more obscure. So once again, we get these warnings against the uh, the wayward woman, which is like a big deal in this book so far. Apparently, yeah. uh, the most important thing to teach your son is you know don't don't screw around with you know harlots or whatever. That is good advice. Don't uh, screw around, son. I don't think it's bad advice. I mean, they, they, certainly, they didn't even have condoms back then, so it's even better advice. Exactly. Wilt thou, my son, be ravish, ravished with a strange woman? There's those strange women again. Those strange women. They were the undoing of Solomon, and he's saying, look, dude, this is how I ruined my kingdom. <laughs> it is kind of weird. Does it seem weird to anyone else that, like, given Solomon's history, as we read earlier... He loved him. He was so into the strange women. Sol <laughs> Solomon loved him so strange. He had hundreds of them. Yeah, he had a thousand all told. <laughs> and now he's saying, No, son, don't do not do as I did. <laughs> do yeah, as I say, weird. not as I did. Yeah. It is weird that suddenly the Bible's all about monogamy. Until yeah. now, it's been... You know, you shall have ten wives and twenty concubines. Well, it doesn't say you can't have ten wives. It just says... Stay away from the person oh, that's not one they're... of yours. Uh, or it's also kind of endogamy, isn't it? Because it's most like it's not just strange women, but it's also foreigners. Yeah, foreigners. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe I mean, maybe the authors of the proverbs, like in putting a Solomonic spin on it, are trying to say, look, Solomon regretted these horrible decisions he made back in First Chronicles or whenever it was. Right. Uh, actually, it was was it Kings Abbey? Do you remember? Was it Second Kings? With when Solomon With had all what? the strange women. Kings. Yeah. So, I don't know. He could be trying to put a spin on it, saying, look, you know, Solomon, he learned from all those terrible mistakes, and he passed on well, the good the, advice to uh, his son, which who didn't end up keeping the kingdom, but whatever. The whole association with Solomon is, um, that's not actually in here. Why, well, I know. Oh, it's well, the first well, Yeah, verse, it is. It's kind of... Obviously a later, like, title. Yeah, obviously to you. It's a pretty assorted collection of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know how this looks to a biblical literalist who's like saying, "Well, Solomon had a thousand wives and concubines altogether, but clearly he had really good ideas about not doing that." I don't know. <laughs> and, and I could see how you'd see it as about monogamy because it says the wife of thy youth, which is you know kind of the first wife, your first wife. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think that five eighteen is just goddamn good advice. I w I would tell <laughs> Kale that. I'm not sure if I would obscure it in that fountain-related language, though. <laughs> you know what I mean by fountain, you know, with the... Never mind. <laughs> and the whole loving hind or pleasant roe, like, anytime you're substituting, yeah, like, wild beasts as imagery for 
a woman, I find that just kind of creepy. Uh, and it's like, eh, I mean, this is the same people that had to write all those rules about bestiality earlier on in Leviticus, so whatever. I've never seen a loving hind, but, uh, you know. But let her breast satisfy you at all times. Now that's just good advice right there. That's just solid <laughs> advice. It's, you know, kind of out of context. It's like one-third of a verse, but good stuff. <laughs> Good stuff. Be thou always ravished with her love. See, this is this is all good advice. This all served me well. Yeah, the ge- the general idea of five is pretty good. Yeah. Stay yeah. away from the strange women. Stick with your wife and. Yeah, and, and the sex positive community is gonna jump all over me for this, but I, 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 the the so called sex positive community, I would say that you know this is a perfectly decent way to live your life. So chapter six. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> chapter it's a proverb. D- All right, chapter I, chapter six. Blew my mind. Do we have anything on six? Uh, or yes, yes, seven? we do. We got stuff on six. Uh, well, I just think the proverb of the ant is kind of amusing. Yeah, it was like a little Aesopian ant. before you know. Go to the ant, thou sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. <laughs> I love that line. It turns out that ant, ants are female. I didn't know that, but yeah. Well, where does it say that? Oh, yeah. 6-6. Six, six. Yeah. Answer, answer diligent. Don't be lazy or you'll be poor. Yeah. This poor people are lazy. Now, now it's starting to sound more like the religious right that I know. <laughs> <laughs> None of this oppressed bullshit. Poor people are lazy. Interesting that the views could change so much in just a be few like chapters. Ant. Be a mindless insect. Mm-hmm. With no sense of self. Mindless insect is sort of the perfect analogy for the religious right, now that you mention it. They've got this, you know, very herd mentality, and they're sort of all dominated by... I'm pretty sure I've heard that preach, that we're not supposed to have our own thoughts, we're supposed to have God's thoughts. That doesn't surprise me at all. But by God's thoughts, of course, you mean whatever the preacher just said. (laughs) Wow. It is kind of neat. They've studied ants, and they like they know that they have a hive structure. How, I don't know. What can you tell that they know that from this? But, well, it says they have no overseer, no governor, or ruler. Um, she grows to store food. Actually, it's probably not accurate because they think they're individual. Yeah, never mind. They don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that we've cleared that up. Uh, well, I mean, the 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 ant that's called the queen. Isn't isn't a monarch in the you know the classic yeah. sense oh. of the term? But yeah. Okay, never mind. I don't. I really don't want to go into entomology right now. <laughs> I don't think it's appropriate at this point in the book. I love I love it when they do these things where they say there are six things that the Lord hates. Yay, yeah. seven are an abomination unto him. I love it when they do that, that stuff. That, that I think happens that's a fun. bunch of times in Proverbs. Well, it gets so much so much more toward the end. You get to the end of the book, they mm-hmm. do that whole bunch. Um. I, I just love those. A, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devise, deviseth wicked imaginations. First of all, they still think that we think in our hearts back then? Maybe they do. I don't know. Um, feet that are, you know, you know what I'm talking about. It's just good stuff. It's just, it's good stuff. And if you were to write it down, you'd be like, yeah, this is this is pretty solid. This could work. I could put this in, in uh, what was Benjamin Franklin's uh, publication called? Uh... Shit, 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 shit. Farmer's Almanac? Yes, thank you. And it would still work. It's still good, solid wisdom. You just have to update it from 1611 English to, you know, (laughs) the 1760s, and you'd be good to go. 
I like verse 28. Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? Yes. Yes, he can. I saw the Mythbusters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it turns out that the Eastern quickly. religions are focused on uh, proving this one verse <laughs> to have a, a very definite answer, and not the one you think it should. Well, I mean, there's whole, you know, there's whole uh, yogis and fakirs and stuff that focus on this feat as like one of their. Never mind. Oh, really? Oh, that's like the snake handlers who go off that one verse in a gospel. Yeah, it is like that. What does it mean to speak with your feet? Where, where are you? Um, sign language for the double amputees. Dude, dude. <laughs> what are you guys talking about? Verse 13. Was, uh, yeah. He winketh with his eyes. I get that, because that's what you do. Uh, he speaketh with his feet. He teacheth with his fingers. I hate to say this, but I think the King James might have dropped the ball on this one. Oh, yeah, know. mine says a touch with the foot. So I think he's kind of talking about Leary Craig foot tapping. Because it's talking about scoundrels, how they get your attention. They're like, hey, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. No, main, no, main. Foot tap. <laughs> right. That's good. A sign, the sign with the fingers yeah. that they flash the gang sign. I've got signals with his feet and motions with his fingers and some of the other translations. Yeah, he has a wide stance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's... He's like Larry Craig. He's signaling with his feet. Uh, good, good uh, modern comparison there. He was also hoping to teach it th- with th- with his fingers, <laughs> because he had frowardness in his heart, devising mischief in the men's room. I, I don't. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being sex positive in the way that Larry Craig was. It's just it's wrong to do that while being in the GOP <laughs> and speaking out against every kind of sexual freedom. Yeah. Ooh, there's some more stuff about adultery with a woman there at the end, in case you were thinking that subject was going to get dropped. The evil woman, the flattery of the tongue. <laughs> Who doesn't love the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman? Uh, no comment. Her house is the entrance to Sheol. Right, it takes you right down to the grave. Apparently, they couldn't cure chlamydia back then. <laughs> or syphilis, or whatever it was. That was killing off people that... I mean, just think about it. With in, in an area before, in an era prior to antibiotics or vaccinations or anything, you really could like just get taken out by an STD. Yeah, there gets to be a lot about wisdom here. Wisdom is like personified as a female, and like. Where are you now? Like six and seven. Chapter six, verse six. No, just chapter six and seven. Well, where's the part where he personifies wisdom as a woman? Well, all over the place. No, no, no. no it's just a she, <laughs> like the whole book. You're not helping me here. Yeah. Well, who mentioned the part about the interior decorating? That was me. On Twitter, like. That was me and Twitter. Looks like around seven sixteen. She's got her house all decked out. I love that. You know, like she comes. She, yeah, the harlot comes out and she's like, "Hey, guy, I've come, <laughs> I've come out to find you. Just you. I've been looking for you. And hey." Let me tell you what I did with my bed. It's got tapestry and it's got carvings and fine linen, Egyptian cotton. I would totally go for that. Egyptian like, cotton, dude. And he's like, "What kind of cotton?" Oh whoa, my whoa, God. What's, what's the thread count on that? Yeah, exactly. She, <laughs> right. That's her next verse. She talks about thread count and myrrh and aloes. And 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 she hasn't even mentioned what she intends to do with him on the bed. She's just telling him how great the bed is itself. Come got look, come look. Ikea. Like it was on sale. Like have people changed so much in in thousands of years that? Men are that interested in the details of the bed itself. 
<laughs> Maybe it's like what you were talking about earlier about going to Hooters to the Wings. It's like, no, I just went in there for the bed. You don't see beds like that every day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. And, and eventually she gets down in, in chapter 7, verse 18, to what she's getting at. She's like, no, no, I'm not talking about coffee. <laughs> Let us take our fill of love until the morning. Yeah, at least at least she eventually gets down to business. She makes it clear what she's talking about. The good man is not at oh, home. It's... He's on a long journey with a big bag of money. Hmm. The description of her in, like, 710 is... It describes what a um, biblical whore looks like. She's loud and stubborn. In in seven eleven. Well, it starts in ten. Oh oh yeah, yeah. sorry sorry. The attire of of an harlot, and subtle of heart. Uh, hmm. It's just, it's be, it's better in the New English Bible. This it just strikes me that the author, I, whoever I, the author was, is terribly threatened by sexy women. Like really disturbed yeah. by this this idea of of a woman that that's actually f- froward. In her sexual advances. I was going to say, I think that's yeah. a very interesting point, especially since it seems that it paints her as so, like, predatory. Like, is the message is and wait at every corner. And yeah. Go ahead. Is the message to stay away from loose women, or is it is it assumed you should stay away from loose women, and it's using that as an analogy for... Wait, this isn't wisdom, though. This is, like, the... um. Her evil twin. Right, right. That's. Uh, I kind of wanted to make that point that they, they do this thing where they talk about wisdom personified and how great she is, and then immediately launch into this uh, yet another diatribe about the, the woman, the harlot, lying in wait at every corner, and it is. It, it very much has an evil twin structure to it because at first it describes, where does it, it describes wisdom as you know calling to the fool and saying fool come into my house and learn wisdom. Shit, how could I have lost this? Where is this? Oh, it's because it's in the next chapter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why I don't know what the fuck I'm that. talking about. It hasn't happened yet. Wisdom and yeah, in chapter eight, it's got this wonderful parallel structure. Where wisdom cries out uh, from the high places, and she says to the foolish people, you know, come on and come on in, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you wisdom. Yeah, come be of understanding heart, and that's at the very beginning of chapter eight. And then, where is it that uh, they they. They do the evil twin thing. They they do this parallelism. Somebody help me out here. Um. Well, must it's eight and nine are like their own thing. It seems. I think um nine thirteen they mention um. But mine translated translates it as the lady stupidity, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> Where is this? Eight thirteen nine thirteen. Right, right, and that is the evil twin part. That's after they've talked about how great wisdom is. Uh, having called to all the fools to say, come in and, you know, learn understanding. Then in, in 9.13, they've got this other woman who is foolishness personified. And apparently, the thing about foolishness personified is that she's trying to get in your pants. <laughs> <laughs> so, once again... That's a very smart lady, if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> once again, back to the sphere of sexy women. Well, anyway, I, I find that parallelism in chapters 8 and 9 to be really... Interesting, uh, and I like your, what uh, your English, uh, New English Bible. Yeah, the New English Bible does the. The lady stupidity. I want to see what the Niv does. This is a foolish woman in King James, 
Yeah, they must have placed this after seven just for the thematic similarity. It'd be because they're they're all similar stuff about loose women and but sometimes wisdom's a woman and then there's another woman who's it's weird. I plan on warning my son about lots of things, but I don't think I'm gonna put this much emphasis on uh, <laughs> women trying to have their way with him. Just say don't pick up street hookers. Yeah, that's that's just good advice right there. Wear <laughs> rubber, dude. Yeah, so in, in some translations, wisdom is and folly are given as like names. Like wisdom, Wait. wisdom has built her house. Folly is an unruly woman, and they're both it's like proper names. Wisdom and folly, these two, uh, you know, evil twins of each other. Oh, I missed. Um, well, I didn't really miss it. We're still on eight and nine, but um. Like starting at eight twenty two it explains um where wisdom was when God was creating the universe. Oh yeah. Which I thought was really interesting because they kinda left her out of Genesis. Well There's a lot of things like, out of Genesis. It was she, implicit. She, Jesus was there too. She must have fired her agent. <laughs> I was there. Jesus and, and wisdom were both there. They just didn't make the you know they were on the cutting room floor of the final edit. Before his works of old. I can't find anything uh, like directly contradicts with the first Genesis account, but... In the first part of this book, I feel like they talk so much about wisdom and how great it is, but they don't give you a whole lot of it. <laughs> like, until, like, later in the book, you get some actual advice about how to live your life. But most of the first, like, 12 chapters are basically like, wouldn't it be great to have wisdom? Like... Which is strange, because any instructor will tell you that people only pay attention for the first 15 to 20 minutes of a lecture. You're like, you're, you're like blowing, like, all your attention span is just talking about how great it would be to have wisdom. By the time you get around to talking about wisdom, all your class is falling asleep or is daydreaming. Lucky for us, we chose to do the first dozen chapters or so all at once, get all that shit out of the way. And we can get to the wisdom next week. Yay, wisdom. Is there, did you guys find any wisdom in the first 12 chapters? Anything that you'd be like, yeah, yeah. Well, it's all, like, parables and stuff. It's, like, little, like, five-verse things that, I don't know. I didn't get anything out of mm-hmm. it. It's just... I like the part about the ant. It's like an ant. Statements. Yeah. yeah, when you work in a cubicle yeah. farm, you want to be like the ant. Just trudge onward. Don't think about yeah, it. Yeah, for all they talked about wisdom, they never really said what it was. Not that much. Oh, do you want to know the Hebrew for wisdom? Sure. Hachma. What? Yeah, that's how I was thinking. Chachma? Chachma. Hmm. Impress your friends. Mm, I will do that. It's got it's got two sounds. That is pretty impressive that you can do that. I'm very impressed with myself. So now that we've got all that preamble out of the way, in chapter ten we finally get into. The Proverbs of Solomon. Mm. So, finally, we're going to have some wisdom, right? Oh, right. So, in chapter 10, verse 2, we get the um, the, the anti-Layman brothers, uh, or anti-Bernie uh, Madoff verse about the ill-gotten treasures. <laughs> that's that's kind of useful if you, you know, you read into it about... I don't know, Ponzi schemes or whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Ill-gotten. That could mean lots of things. You guys got anything from 10? Well, I should probably say that um, structure-wise, um, 
this whole wisdom of Solomon, it stretches from chapter 10 to 22, verse 16. Yeah, and then we get more of it in chapters 25 through 29. And altogether, it's about half of Proverbs is are these little... um. It's all like little like one verse aphorisms, aphorisms, aphorisms. How about oh, how about next damn. time we we do like all the proverbs of Solomon as a single block, like a ten to twenty two? Or wait, what's our what's our reading gonna get us through next time? Um, let me see. Because it's it's divided into blocks. I don't know. I honestly had like a hard time reading it because it jumped around so much. Because Every two lines was the new subject. I'm like, eh. I know. I miss the days when we had a story to follow. Yeah. I, I like it because occasionally yeah. I'm repulsed, and occasionally I'm like, ooh, that's good. So it's kind of like... I mean, I'm just barely following. It's kind of like, Next, what, what I want to do is get a paper and like highlight it in two different colors. We've had two straight, straight books where no one has been killed. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's lots of people being killed in Psalms, it's just they're not being killed... Directly, you're praying They're for them to get killed. They're not literal people. No, you got to pray not for God to kill There's no story. Oh, it's not yeah. Job's entire family. Uh, right. I miss those days. Is God boring you, Jason? Yeah, God is boring me. <laughs> God damn it. Wow. Not... I hope you guys are enjoying Proverbs like more than Psalms, because I thought I thought Proverbs has some stuff in it that's arguably timeless. But I, I honestly think the book gets so much better toward the end. I really love chapter five. That was a lot of fun for me. Think about bitter ends. <laughs> Her end is bitter as wormwood. I I don't know what that means. Me uh, either. But it's uh, great. It's it's, to think about. it's undecodable to me on so many levels. Do they mean end like teleologically, like the, the end yeah. of her? Yeah, yeah. What she's going for, or do they mean her end? Or her end. Her bitter end. Her bitter end. Her final. Those strangers they have very bitter ends. So uh, don't tap that. Do not do yeah do not. Uh, mine says, yeah, in the end, she is more bitter than Wormwood. Meaning, like, yeah, in... In the end. She'll come to a better end. considered, she's <laughs> bad news. As, as John Edwards and so many other public adulterers can tell you, it, it comes to a better end. You end up losing your career, your reputation. You will henceforth be promoted as a fool. When people talk about you on The Daily Show, it is not in words of praise. Cool. <laughs> Thank you all for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. (laughs) All right. God bless.